you can't have a hot ghoul Halloween without the sexiest ghoul of all, shirtless and pantsless Seth Brundle. Because we're talking movies, we're talking The Fly, starring Jeff Goldblum, Gina Davis, and John Getz, written by Charles Polk and David Cronenberg, who also directed. I got a hundred bucks, as I can be either one of you. Here's my hundred, and I get to take the lady home for the night if I win too. I'm sure Typhoid Mary was a very nice person too when you saw her socially. and welcome to this week's episode of how'd you like that movie it is the last section of our hot ghouls of halloween we're going to be doing the fly from 1986 and we have someone who actually makes not just she is a hot ghoul but she actually makes real ghouls for the film industry uh we have a special effects makeup artist katie how do you say your last name katie minis minis uh welcome to the show thank you <laughs> happy to be here so uh what you could you just bring us up to speed you just got back from los angeles did you not i did yeah i did i did i did get back from los angeles just a couple days ago actually were you uh like working on a film or no no i wish i was just doing um like a seminar out there so it was but i did have i mean i was you know staying at a hotel with a bunch of the other people that were attending so there was happy hour every night and we hit the hot tub and so it was it was still fun <laughs> when we were at the workshop so you uh, are currently work you're here in canada you're here in toronto uh you're yes. working in the film industry are, are you is there any specific projects you want to talk about you know give us a bit of a history of like how did you get into you know fx specifically because uh, you know, there's lots of makeup artists out there, but you work in all the like prosthetics and all that jazz, right? Yeah. So to be honest with you, I work primarily in the indie world, um, primarily on horror projects, <laughs> paranormal projects. Um, I guess the most recent shows that have aired would be, um, Eli Roth's Urban Legend, which just aired, uh, I think on Discovery Plus here in I think in Canada and then um, Haunted Hospitals, which is, I think, on the uh, Travel and Escape channel. So both shows, there's a ton of monsters, a ton of ghouls, a ton of demons, that kind of thing. And I, I enjoy working on indie projects because uh, I get a lot more creative freedom to do a lot more fun stuff. A lot of the time they'll <clears throat> kind of give me an idea of what they want and they'll kind of let me run with it. So I get to be really creative on those on those kinds of projects. I do a little bit of union work as well, but I feel like my niche is more so the the, the indie uh, non-union world. So you don't uh, you you wouldn't want to move over to what is is would you guys be IATSE or NABAB or? So those yeah so those are the two film unions in Toronto. Um, I'm part of both. I'm a member with NABET and I'm a permit with with IATSE. Um, and I've done some some work um, being a member with NABET. I, I tend to get more work um, with NABET. But I haven't done a whole lot of, um, I haven't been thrown a whole lot of opportunities to do a lot of effects work um, in the union worlds. Most of my effects stuff has been 
through the the non-union world. So, so do you have your own FX company then? Like basically you're, you could be hired as a contractor. Hey, like what, what's the scope of what you can do? Like if I'm like, I want a zombie, like what, what can you do? So I, um, I actually have a buddy down in the States, um, by the name of Jeff Taylor. He has a company called infected effects and he's actually in the military, but he has this side hustle of making these amazing prosthetics. So some of the time, if it's, if I need, if I need larger pieces. So for example, on one show I did like a walking dead zombie where I needed a full face piece, a full chest, like a full torso piece. Um, I sourced those things from Jeff um, and it ended up looking, it, it was incredible, but I do make some things on some, um, on a smaller scale. Like uh, I had to make like a big Y incision um, autopsy incision for um, an episode of haunted hospitals. So I do make some of my own stuff, but I, a lot of the time I end up collaborating with Jeff um, and other prosthetic companies um, when I need to do things on a, on a, on a grander scale. Scott, you got anything over there, man? I was going to say, yeah, that's every time we have a guest, man, I always feel like the odd man out, <laughs> but so what got you into like special effects and everything? Um, well, I've always been a horror fan. Um, I grew up watching horror movies and reading Stephen King novels. And I've always been artsy. I've always been into, you know, I've always done art uh, and done theater and that kind of thing. So it just kind of seemed like a good, a good fit for me. Um, so I moved down to Toronto and did some um, courses at a makeup school in Toronto. And through that, I met some, some of my teachers um, introduced me to some people that helped me get my first few jobs. And the rest is history, really. A lot of it um, is networking and hustling and making yourself available whenever an opportunity comes up. And I've just been really lucky over the last, I'd say seven years or so, met a lot of great people who have brought me onto a lot of fun projects. And uh, yeah, it's been pretty good so far. Is there a, a direction you want to go? Like, is there like kind of like a, a certain project you want to work on certain uh, FX team or director or like, like wh wh what's the future looking like for you? Like what's your five-year plan kind of thing? Um, well, right now it's kind of been um, juggling doing both union and non-union work. But yeah, I mean, I would love to um, keep going and maybe see if I can do some more work um, with NABET and IATSE doing more special effects uh, work because truly I, I enjoy, I'm also, I also do beauty makeup as well. Um, but I think overall, I enjoy doing the effects stuff the most. So I think just continuing on, um, working on like higher tier projects and uh working with some you know heavy hitter uh effects artists uh in the industry who have been doing it a million years and learning from them and collaborating with them and yeah that's <laughs> that's the goal just keep keep going keep chugging have you uh ever worked with carlos over at the butcher shop <laughs> um carlos was actually one of my teachers hilarious Small yeah, world. I've worked, I've, uh, I've worked with Ryan 
his business partner on um, a feature at one point. And Carlos re reached out to me a few times um, for a few projects, but I was booked on, I was already working. So I haven't actually had the opportunity to work with Carlos on set, but he did teach me. <laughs> and so hopefully I'm sure one of these days we'll end up, we'll end up on set together. It's a small world. It is. They just, uh, they actually just had a film at the Toronto After Dark Film Festival. It ended up uh, being a sold out Saturday show. Uh, so I didn't get a chance to see it cause I wasn't, uh, lucky enough to grab a ticket. Uh, but they're, they're doing great work. And I think that's, that's so great that, uh, you actually know him and his team oh, yeah. from school or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. They're both great guys. Are you guys ready to talk the fly? Yeah. Let's do it. All right, Scott, you guys take it away, man. You guys are the horror experts here. Not me. All right, Chris. <laughs> Somebody once told me to make a good movie. You need four elements, man. You need a good producer, a good script, an imaginative director and a cast to pull it off. And that's what we got here with The Fly. First, do you know that this is a Mel Brooks production? Yes. But he didn't want his name to be in the credits because he was concerned that people would automatically assume it was a comedy. Yeah. So you'll see Brooks films and some people might make the connection, but I think a lot of people won't or didn't. Opposed yeah, to say something like Spaceballs. Yeah, but yeah. even something like even the tagline for this film, like be afraid, be very afraid was just an offhand comment he made while reading the script. Right. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, it's used everywhere. And mm -hmm. no, I didn't even realize it came from this fucking movie. Yeah. I think a lot, most people don't realize that it originated in this movie, that, that catchphrase. Yeah. Go. So, yeah. Cool. so you now you love this film, right? Yes. Yeah. I love it. I've watched it. Uh, Oh my God. I don't know how many times <laughs> I've lost track. What do you like about it? Like, what is it that makes it really stand out? And I'm assuming you watched Better it. than the Jeff Goldblum abs. Yeah. He gets crazy. Nice he does some crazy ass. gymnastics there too. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, first and foremost, obviously the makeup effects are incredible in this movie. I mean, they won the, they won the Oscar for makeup that year. I'm a big Jeff Goldblum fan. Um, so, I mean, that's another reason I love, I love the movie, but it really pulls at the, uh, at the old heartstrings too, because I think like underneath it all, it's really a tragic love story, you know, um, you know, between these two people, I mean, they fall in love and things just seem to be going great. And then he gets jealous, gets drunk, <laughs> gets into the telepod with this fly and, uh, it all goes downhill from there. <laughs> So like his stupid, irresponsible decision was fueled by jealousy because he's, you know, he's dating this woman. But, and then at the end, obviously, like I, I, I'm always in tears at the end, you know, when she has to pretty much blow his brains away because he's just past the point of no return. So like, it's, you know, it really like pulls at the emotions too. There's like a lot of different kind of themes and elements to, to the film. It's not just like a, you know, blood and gore slasher, which I love too. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, there's a lot of different things going on, which I enjoy. So this is actually, this is a good segue into my quote. Uh, James Bernadelli from Real View said, the fly is almost unique for horror movies in that it compels us to sympathize with and root for the main character. And I think that's kind of what you guys are talking about right now is the fact that like, he's the monster, but I would almost say that the true monster is the the editor 
right? Her ex, her, her other ex, you know what I mean? Cause he's an asshole. Yeah, he is. I mean, she, he really, you know, swoops in, um, you know, and offers support and, you know, at the, at, towards the end when she finds out that she's pregnant and, you know, he goes from being a jealous asshole to, you know, realizing she's really, um, you know, she's, she's really hurting here. I mean, she's in love with this, this, this man, but he's just, he's, he's mutating into this horrific creature. And he kind of, in my mind, puts his, his jealousy um, aside and is just there for her and, you know, helps her through that, you know, while he's, while he's just going downhill with his, his, uh, his mutation. So, but no, he is, he is, I think the villain, <laughs> the villain of the film. The but he does have some of the funniest lines. Come on. Yeah, he does. Like when she was, she was like, I'm onto something big. He's like, what, his cock? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Come on. Classic. Yeah. Uh, well, or I mean, I guess if you really want to get kind of abstract with it, like you said, like jealousy and ego and vanity and these types of things like driving him to you know, be, get drunk and then do this experiment. You know, maybe yeah. if he wouldn't have been drunk, he would have like made, cause he says you got to make sure the space is clean. Right. And he's like, and I, yeah. I missed, I missed the fly and then mm-hmm. boom, Dr- Grendel fly or whatever. Well, that's just it. I mean, he's very, yeah, everything is going well and he makes the breakthrough and figures out how to teleport living things. But then it's just I felt bad for that baboon. I'm like, yo, yeah. man, don't put and then and then he, he says to the other baboon he's like oh sorry sorry i had to kill your brother there you know what i mean like yeah i'm surprised the baboon that they used didn't like bite jeff goldblum's face off because those things are those things are vicious but i guess he had the magic touch with with that baboon and that didn't happen but yeah i was, I was um, reading about it like some trivia about this movie and they're saying there was one scene where um the baboon went off because of the the lights and that oh really and the telepod and goal uh jeff goldblum's the one that like dur- like calmed him down because he was like almost seven feet tall and he could yeah. like stronger than him so the baboon was scared of jeff goldblum yeah yeah i guess that, i guess that makes sense so he's like the baboon whisperer but do you do you know why you never see him at the the baboon anymore at the like the ass end of the movie because his agent uh, wanted too many, too much of a day fee, or what? No, because they, they, well, the the scenes cut out, but there was a scene like after he finds out he was mutated with the thing, he puts the baboon and a cat together. Yes, and yeah. then he beats it to death with a pipe. What? But Why? They, <laughs> because yeah. it fused. Yeah, it fused into like a little monster thing. I think they cut that because they didn't want to take away from the audience sympathizing with. Mm-hmm. With, with Brundle, so yeah, they, they cut that. Yeah, that was I, I fucking I, awful. <laughs> I know, it is awful. So, I mean, it sounds like you two, like, I mean, so you got Cronenberg directing this sucker. Uh, it, so it's originally based on the 1957 The Fly in Playboy magazine by George Laglin. Uh, there was a 1958 film by uh, Kurt Newman. How do you like with, I'm assuming you guys like Mr. Body Horror, David Cronenberg doing this film, right? Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Well, especially when you realize who could have done this film. And that was Chris's favorite director, Tim Burton. What? Wait, what? 
Tim Burton was up for this too. No, when, because Cronenberg was doing. He was supposed to do. He was still Total doing Total Recall. Recall, right? Right. So they went to another director, but that director had a family tragedy. Right. Um, and then Burton at one point was talked about too, and Michael Keaton for Seth Brundle, but then Keaton turned it down. Burton turned it down. And then Gina Davis did Beetlejuice. So Bing Bang Boom. Yeah. I think they approached John Lithgow too to to play uh, to play Brundle, but he thought it was too brutal. It was too it was too too grotesque, so he turned it down. So this yeah, the body horror. I'm I do not like body horror. It is like my least. I'm I'm tiptoeing into horror as it is, and body horror is the worst kind. So scenes that I could not watch: uh, the abort or the baby delivery scene that's about three quarters <laughs> of the way through. I was like, nope, not watching that one. Uh, that wasn't even bad. Any whatever. I was just like, I don't need to see what's coming out of that that lady. Um, <laughs> when he's puking on hands and and slurping up the goo, that also not not my favorite at all. See, I don't. I mean, I I feel like I'm completely desensitized to everything um, because I watch a scene like that and I'm I'm curious as to how they create. What is that? Is that like milk? Is that like vanilla yogurt with I don't know, like tapioca. Like I'm always watching these things and wondering how they. Nothing, nothing phases me anymore. I'm completely desensitized to everything. Yeah, in terms of the body horror scene, the only one that would not fuck me up is the nail because that happened oh. to me once and that, that ripped. That ripped. I had my nail ripped out, and I know how much that fucking hurt. <laughs> so, what do you like? Any other of Cronenberg's films, like being a horror aficionado? I think my other favorite was probably The Dead Zone. Oh, because you like Stephen King. Yeah, yeah. I, I really uh, I really love The Dead Zone. I've read the book. And um, again, it's, it's again, <laughs> again, it's kind of somewhat of a love story there because he's, he's in love. Um, are you, are you guys, you guys are familiar with, with that film or that book? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Walk Christopher Walken. <laughs> yeah. So again, it's kind of, there's kind of some parallels in a way because he's in love with this girl. Things to be, things seem to be going great. And then he has this horrible accident and <laughs> he's in a coma for like five years and he wakes up and his girl has moved on and gotten married and had a kid. And they kind of rekindle things a little bit on, you know, on the down low. Um, but he meets a tragic, a tragic end as well at the end. So it's kind of it's kind of similar in a way. It's it's definitely less horrific, um, but uh, it is it is similar in the way in a way. Have either of you seen Dead Ringers? I yeah. haven't. It is it is one of the most like off putting films. It's not as grotesque. It's it's sort of like how you know how Cronenberg can do body horror. Or he can do stuff like Eastern Promises and History of like really kind of violent and like just kind of pushes you on the edge of it or crash. So dead ringers is, I believe it's Jeremy irons playing mm -hmm. himself. The twins. They're playing two twin gynecologists that one of them starts to go a bit fucking batshit crazy. And I don't even know how to explain it. It's just cre super creepy. There's lots of like red gown, like hospital gowns. And it's just fucking unnerving. I don't know, Scott, how would you describe it? Like, pretty much described it very well yeah it, it's one of it's it's kind of like like i take it kind of like the invitation too right where like you're you're enthralled in it that like it's starting to give you kind of like 
a little bit anxiety when the shit starts happening, right? Like you feel that shit. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so this is a this is a pretty can con or can can film, as Scott likes to say. I mean, Cronenberg's from Toronto. His DOP, Mark Irwin, is also for Toronto, who worked on scanners and videodrome, the dead zone. Uh, he also worked on Young Young Bloods. Like I think that was Keanu Reeves' first uh, first film, and he's the DOP on Scream, uh, and it was filmed here in well we're we're not in Toronto, but it was filmed in Toronto, Ontario. So way to go, Cronenberg, for uh, you know showing the city of uh, Toronto. Yeah. yeah, you see the CN Tower in it. You do during yeah. the dream sequence when yeah. like they take her to the hospital. Uh, yeah, that's like shortly before. Yeah, she gives birth to the maggot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you see the yeah, you see the CN Tower. <laughs> this movie's fucking gross, man. Although, can I, okay, listen, I want to ask something. Uh, I, I, I don't think the pacing's off. It is, I mean, it's an early '80s film, so it's got a different pacing than we have right now. But they fucking get like super serious, super fast. Like first, they're hanging out. She's like doing some stuff. She's like, "Oh my god, look how big your brain is!" Boom, they have the sex. Next thing you know, he's turning into a monster and she's like, I can't leave the monster because I'm in love with him. I'm like, didn't like like three days fucking happen? Like how many fucking days went by? I know that no, no, later, in, later in the film, he says, you know, I haven't been able to talk to you for three weeks, blah, blah, blah. But like up to that point, like it feels like it was just like, boom, sex, science, brain, love. Yeah. Happens pretty quickly. Yeah. But they're spending a lot of time together. I mean, like she's there the whole, like all the time filming his process so you know it was probably inevitable that some something was gonna happen and that big brain man she just couldn't (laughs) get enough of that big brain i like that scene when they're like having sex after he starts turning into the fly and she's just like yo man i gotta i gotta stop and he's like come on just a little more a little more and he's (laughs) eating like sugar num 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 Mm -hmm. yeah i think that like in terms of the choices cronenberg made i think that's what's better is like once it once he starts like the fusion right everything was subtle right like that scene when they're in the diner and he's just having that cappuccino and you're just watching him talk and he's just like pouring the sugar pouring mm-hmm. the sugar right mm-hmm. she makes the offhand comment like you want some coffee with that sugar yeah. he just drinks it and then he's like now i need a cannoli right like yeah. you can see the subtle changes and stuff and the fact that he didn't realize it and he just thinks everything's great it just makes it kind of scarier too once it comes to mm-hmm. the end, right? So, mm-hmm. Scott, I don't know. Do you have this in your notes? They must have used like a gymnast body double for when he just oh, like starts getting it. fucking crazy up in his house Listen, doing backflips and shit, right? I'm not. I'm not counting any money against fucking Jeff Goldblum, man. This is true. Like, like I saw those abs. Like he, fuck. <laughs> like I would not be surprised if he he did that shit. In I... terms of like wire work. But you know what? I bet that they just got a stunt, a stunt performer, just simply because they didn't. I mean, I'm sh- maybe Goldblum said, "Oh yeah, I'm going to do my own stunts," but like just the insurance, and they were probably like, "No, no." Oh, come on, this is the '80s. What's we're insurance? Getting- <laughs> <laughs> Remember, they used to smoke on set. There was no in- yeah. insurance. Yeah. That like those are all real cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, that was, a, that was a real chimp and a real teleporter. Um, anything else you guys want to like talk about about this film? Like, I'm assuming you guys both recommend this film. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, of course, of course, yeah. yeah, no, for sure. Anyone, anyone who is a fan, I mean, this is a classic. This is probably this film 
The Shining and The Exorcist are probably my top. We don't talk about top. that movie. We don't talk about that movie. It's Which too scary. One? Ah, we don't talk about it. It's too scary. We, we will talk about The Shining. Yeah, we'll we talk about talk The Shining, about the but other. not the other movie you mentioned. Then hopefully. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I got to be able to go to sleep tonight. So. <laughs> are you? Uh, okay. So Chris, are you? You you are a horror fan, right? Uh, I'm getting into it. I mean, I'm writing. I have a short kind of thriller, and uh, we actually start working on uh, a feature slasher, which now because I've been re watching some like uh, Jallo, Jallo, Jallo. Yeah. I've been watching Jallo yeah. films, and I'm like, oh, I kind of want like a Jallo perspective to it because it's very cinematic and stylist. But yeah, we have like a slasher that we're gonna be writing. So I'm watching horror as just like you gotta you gotta do your fucking homework, right? So, but I'm like a, I'm like a drama film guy, right? Like I'm like the super arty one. Uh, okay. horror, horror usually makes me scared. I don't do zombies. I don't do the movie that you just talked about. So, because I was gonna say you're doing a horror podcast, but you're like, oh, this movie's so fucking gross, and oh, we're not talking about. Oh no, no this is like the tamest one out of yeah. everything. Yeah, this well, we don't actually have a horror podcast. What we have is a, a movie podcast, and we're doing a series called Halloween. Hot Ghouls of Halloween, right? And you Makes are sense. a hot ghoul, and you make hot, make like ghouls. So we thought that was kind of perfect. <laughs> cool. So is uh, before we let you go, is there anything else you want to say? Uh, we can also do you want how do you want people to contact you? Do you want people to contact you? Sure. Yeah. No, I've got my um, I've got my Instagram page. I haven't, I'll admit it. I'm, um, I'm not a tech savvy girl. I, I haven't gotten into TikTok yet. I really need to get on that bandwagon, but I do have my, um, my special effects page. Um, if you just search my name, it's pumpkinhead underscore effects underscore art. But if you just search Katie Minnis, um, you'll see a photo of a rotting corpse face and that's me. <laughs> you can't miss me. So if you want to check out my work and get in touch you can uh reach out to me that way for sure well and we'll definitely throw hyperlinks in our show notes so anybody's listening you can just scroll down to those show notes in the youtube video or online and uh you'll be able to go directly to her work uh thanks so much for coming out scott do you have anything else for katie yeah just thank you so much for for coming on and thanks for having me yeah getting chris to watch some more horror that's always <laughs> that's always a good thing Amazing. Yeah, it was great. Great being here. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. Happy we'll talk to you later. Ciao. Yeah, you okay. as well. Thanks. <laughs> Bye. All right, Scott. I mean, this movie is uh, super gross and super creepy. Uh, they do a great job. The acting's fantastic. Uh, again, I think there's a bit of a pacing problem right in the beginning, but they do have to develop that romance, right? So you have some type of pathos for the character. Oh, like I will strong. Like, well, I'm going to disagree with you in terms of the beginning. I think the fact that this movie opens on a cold open where you're already in the middle of a conversation between the two. I love that. Right. Cause it's just like, you're just fucking jumping into these people's lives. Right. It's like you're it's a fly like, on the wall. Bzz, exactly. Bzz. Like I'm, I'm pretty sure that's the reason. Cause it's just like, well, I think that's what he meant to do because the whole theme here, but I think you're wrong. I don't think it was three days. I think it was about four or five months of them together. Oh, okay. Okay. Right? That's possible. And they just kind of gradually fall in love or whatever. Yeah. I'm but Chris and I don't know fucking. what love is. So yeah. Yeah. There, there was a lot of like, 
you you knew like that comment when he she was like i'm onto something big you knew that's what she really that's meant. actually what she meant and he's like yeah. she's like oh yeah he does science too i totally fucking forgot about that part. yeah, yeah he's totally, seven feet tall totally we, right. we know what's going down she yeah. is <laughs> Uh, I mean, the, the critics tend to agree with you and same with the audience. It's got a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes, 83 from the audience. It's 96-minute running time, so it's in kind of my sweet spot. Uh, I got a 9 to $15 million budget and making $61 million at the box office. Uh, yeah, it's uh, the Brooks Films. I think that's it's their biggest it's the biggest feature. Like that, This one is the one that made the most money. I've never watched the sequel, and I don't think I ever want to watch the sequel either. Yeah. I don't think you need to. Uh, again, there seems to be a pivot point in Cronenberg's career where, because you've got like Rabbit and Scanners, and then like I said, he does, well, and obviously Videodrome. And then maybe it's around Dead Ringers and Crash. He starts to move off of body horror. He does History of Violence and Eastern Promises. But, oh, I meant to ask her, have you seen Crimes of the Future? Not yet. It's on my like queue to Just the fucking watch, trailer. But... I'm like, fucking body horror Cronenberg motherfucker. Like, you yeah. look so creepy. <laughs> all right, Scott, you got what? anything else? Uh, no. All right, man, that's all for me. And that is our wrap for the day. Please like and subscribe to this podcast. Tell your friends. If you want to get a hold of us, reach us at the www.howdyoulikethatmovie.com. I do have something like just to say like how fucking awesome Mel Brooks is. Like when they go when they when Cronenberg got uh was available, he was like, I want seven hundred and fifty thousand to make this movie. So they're like, Okay, we're gonna counter you with a million dollars. That's dope. Yeah. <laughs> it's like who goes up? <laughs> I want I want that. I wanna go to my boss and be like, I want a dollar raise and they're like, No, we're giving you five. Exactly. Fuck that, I asked for one. I'm out of here. Production by Rod Shaver, Vader Monkey Productions. I mean, I don't have much for the end of the show. We kind of talked about everything about this film. Yeah, and, and like, obviously, the other thing is like how nice and Canadian fucking Cronenberg is. Like the original script by Charles Poe, Pogue, I believe, uh, he got the on-screen credit, but it was only because Cronenberg himself went to the Writing Academy or whatever.